Welcome to the Monsters and Treasure Podcast, where we talk way too long about a subject, but only give you the best parts. I'm K.R. King of D&D Homeroom, as always, with Daniel Norton of Bandit's Keep. Hello, Daniel. Uh, let me look up from this module I'm looking through. Yes, this this whole script has been pre-planned a while ago. But in fact, no, in fact, we, we did have a very interesting conversation on whether or not modules are easier to run than your own homebrew encounters. Let's listen in. So, KR, what do you think about the idea of, let's say, taking a module and running it or even getting inspired by it versus just creating something yourself? I'm I'm currently, I found this module from 1984, <laughs> Star Frontiers module, and I thought, I'll run this at GaryCon. It'll be easy because I'm running a module. Well, two days later, I'm pulling my hair out getting ready for this thing. <laughs> and and I, I wonder what you think about that. I actually find it's easier to just sit down and write an adventure by myself than it is to take somebody else's adventure and make it fit my style. I would have to agree with you on that. I have always been a person who took modules and used the maps in the days when, you know, it was hard to make maps. And you always had these great maps. And I have a story at one of my videos a long time ago, two years ago, where I talk about I had this one map and I showed it on the screen that I used countless times with a group, a dungeon map. They never realized it was the same one they were. And they would map it by themselves. So <laughs> to me, the problem with a module like that is it's of a you know, the concepts behind it might not be the way you run at all, right? They might seem cheesy or in terms of what the players are seeing or who's in, especially if you're running a module of a dungeon where they have something where you just look at this and go, well, I would never do that. But you're stuck with it, right? If you try to run the modules. But on the other hand, I have taken ideas from modules, right? Puzzles or traps or little scenarios. Right. But I, yeah, I think it's so much easier to just Think up, I, just give me a map and I'll, and let me look at it and I can come up with something. See what was in the actual module, right? As a little thought experiment. That's actually super interesting. I have a, a friend, Andy, who who what, said that to me too. When I first got back into playing, we were talking about it. He's like, oh yeah, you know, I, I just, I don't like to draw maps myself. I, I like to start with a map. And and I, I always found that interesting because I love drawing the maps and I usually do it after I write the adventure. So that might be another topic that I don't draw the map first. If maybe you're, I'm, I'm assuming by what you said, you start with the map, but maybe that's not true. I always draw the map first, <laughs> except, yeah. okay, I'll say I'm going to have a tomb adventure <laughs> and I'm going to have a mummy's tomb. Right. But then I start with the main entrance area and then I have mm -hmm. chambers that go off and then I have a thing with a pit yeah. in it and this and that. But I don't just go, well, the mummy is this and these are his... Service That's super interesting. Well, uh, this could be a whole thing, so let's not go there because you know how we get off course. So let's <laughs> yes. stick with this. So the re so okay, what you say is actually super accurate. So I got this module, and it, I thought, well, for, I thought two things. Number one, I thought this is a pretty cool concept, but not a very role play heavy concept, which is the way it was written. I'm like, this is basically a bunch of combats in a like a linear. Uh, progression that you really can't avoid. I mean, it's kind of that's the way it's written, which is totally fine. It's a it's a, it's a uh, scenario for a campaign, uh, not a campaign, a, a convention. So I th I thought, well, you know, Star Frontiers to me is you, you know when you bought Star Frontiers, I don't know if you ever played it. You got those little chits and the maps and stuff. So it kind of is a miniatures game on some level, in the same sense that kind of Boot Hill is. So I thought, why don't I just turn this into a skirmish? So I'm reading this thing, and what I'm finding is that. Man, he puts a lot of detail and information in there that you just don't need. And then other times I'm like, oh, I wonder what this is. And it's not there. And I think that's my problem. It's like, I don't know. Like When you're writing an adventure for somebody else, you don't know what they're going to need, right? So that is a challenge. And this is not to put down that adventure. I'm just saying it is challenging to try to make this adventure that will give the scope of what 
anybody reading it will want to, out of the module. Well, and the, the classic thing, remember when they, they went through that, uh, if you look at Temple of the Frog, for example, that I did mm-hmm. a thing on the very first one in Blackmore, and there's very little there about what's going on. There's nothing mm-hmm. about what the players have to do or why they're there and everything. It's totally just like, what is this? Then you go to the 80s when Arneson rewrote them, I think it was someone else, and made them into modules. Now it's just heavy with huge text boxes about when the players get to see, read this. And when they get here, read it. And I just looked at that and said, well, I'm not going to. My players are going to laugh as I go, an old, old man says to you, you know, it just. But that's what right. some people need, right, to do a module. They need that, I guess. I mean, well, today I don't think they do that as much, but. Go ahead. Well, and I think what's interesting is I think it can go too far the other direction as well. Like I find modules that because it's very common now in the OSR to um, and I think this is really spearheaded by Necrotic Gnome, the creators of OSC. Uh, they're the first people I saw do it a lot where there's almost no information. Like a room will say like pantry, dirty shelves, gold, and then it'll just have like bullet points underneath and it like won't have any kind of description that you can read. It's like literally just a list. Which I guess if you're creative and you, and you want to, I mean, I'll say this for it. It's great if you have to pick the module up and just run it off the <laughs> off the cuff because you don't have to read to figure out what the room is. It literally just says, but I think then you kind of lose some of the flavor, in my opinion. I like reading the room. So I think there's got to be something in the middle, right? Totally. Uh, every time I describe a room, I tell them what they see in it and then the condition of the room, right? If this is a an old place, things are you know, there's dust everywhere, there's no prints, or things have been smashed, or there's clearly been something searched for there. The other thing I want to know is, what was this room, a pantry? Well, what was it used for? Was it mm-hmm. is it a side thing to a kitchen? Then it's very obvious, and it's kind of just a nothing room. But is it, you know, was it a secret? Is there a secret door there? If there's a secret door, well, what was this room for? And if they just give me a descriptors of what's in it, it doesn't have that flavor, because the players expect that. Right. So I'm always going to say, I'm always going to try to think of a little bit of a hook or something interesting there that may or may not mean anything. Sort of like your classic thing of every time I move in your world, is that what you're going to do? Is that what you're going to do? So <laughs> I would never do folks, that. I, I ran in Daniel's campaign <laughs> last week and uh, yes. I got so paranoid. His players are very paranoid. But um, but no. no. So if you give them that little hook descriptor, oftentimes they they immediately think that's a key, right? That's something. Right. So, but I just like to do it for atmosphere and stuff. And yeah, the mm. the bare bones ones, you know. Right. Because because I guess I guess my my uh, my thought is right. So the way that I started, so he has like two full like and this is like nineteen eighty four like a homebrew thing, like two full pages of just like typewritten text about how they land the ship and they go to this thing and they just say and it's like all these steps that really are, don't mean anything. But in the end, what you're supposed to get from it is there's a few rumors. So I was literally like. It's a port on a spot on a planet. It's a jungle planet. These are things they can learn, and I just made a list. Because that way you have, like, a bit of a list, a bit of an idea. Because I think you got to have that, right? You need to be able to – there's no way I could have ran this, uh, you know, reading it from, from the very first time because I would have been like, huh? Uh, I also found that just, again, there's a lot of conceits when people write modules, and you got to kind of read – like, for instance, in this module, it did a very classic thing that you see in a lot of old modules, which is they don't tell you the whole story up front. So you're reading the module as a GM for the first time, and you're just like, okay, so they meet these people, they do this thing, whatever. I don't want to say what the thing, just because somebody plays my game. But, like, they don't tell you until it, like, happens in this linear fashion that this is what these people are doing. So, like, if you don't know that up front, right, how are you supposed to run 
the game. Like I had to go back and read it a second time once I knew that. So I would understand, okay, this is how I should role play people or write things up. And you wonder what's the strategy there? Why are they doing this in this module? Does this work? Or I always have this static stuff that I see in modules where these two groups of creatures live right next to each other and don't seem to have ever interacted. They just ignore each right. other or something. And like, why, you know? And so, because it's just so it's, that, that's just the kick in the door, kill the monster, kick in the door or whatever. Whereas to me, you know, there should be some at least connection there. It doesn't have to be too much, too much connection in a weird, right? Too much storyline, you know, in a module. And then it becomes about that. I think it comes down to, it's just running D and D is a personal thing and modules you have to, it's someone else's personal thing, which is why I don't run them really. I just, right. I've run in them. I've certainly gone to conventions and run them. I mean, that's kind of what people do often. I just want to run my own homebrew stuff and I can think up enough, especially now I'm probably redoing the same stuff over and over, right. but as long as I have new people, they don't know. Well, what I found too, is that like, so for me, as far as modules, like I like small ones that are like location-based, which is, that's, I mean, I, I play a lot of the older modules because I think they are nice because, because they're location-based, there's no story. So whatever you bring to it, you can change it and make it fit for your world for the most part. You have a little bit of history or whatever, right? But what's good about short modules is that then you're not tying in because something that's really long, like let's say a mega dungeon module, right? Or something that's like multiple books, like a, like an adventure path. If the players do certain things, that might actually screw up what happens later in the dungeon, the way the person wrote it. They don't know what your player is going to do. And they might not even, the players might not care about certain things. So you end up with the situation where as the module progresses, you're going further and further off what the writers want you to do. And if you allow your player players freedom, which I do, then that's a problem. And if you don't allow them freedom, well, that's a whole other problem, <laughs> you know? Yes. Well, and I've looked on Reddit boards for Dungeon of the Mad Mage because I have talked about sometimes, it's just another Grick, another Grill, another, they, there's a tendency to kind of repeat themselves. And I understand why these are monsters that haunt the Underdark or whatever. Right. But people will say on there, my party got really bored. We got mm -hmm. tired. We got to the fourth or fifth level. And they just, I could tell my players were bored because also they didn't do the right things just what you're saying, they didn't get this ring or they didn't get, and they aren't necessarily stopped, right. which is a killer. They don't have that in the Mad Mage. But I just think, yeah, you've got to fill in stuff. You can't just depend on this. And if you're going to create stuff, well, then why not create your own, right? So right. I'm always looking at that and saying in my analysis, you know, if they, if they don't do this, you're going to have to think up a way to have this, and you're going to have to think of because. And the conceit, one of the conceits they have in there is these actors on the first level that are pretending to be vampires in a dungeon, which I find to be the dumbest thing. They'd be dead in a week. But but anyway, so <laughs> yeah, I'm always like, I remember watching that make one. That make, <laughs> right. How do you make that make sense? You know, and they're like looking through a hole in the wall, like nobody's ever seen this hole in the wall. Yeah, I, I watched <laughs> no that. No one ever noticed the hole. So there's tons of stuff like that where I'm like, okay, you're just going to have to figure that out. Because smart players are going to say to each other, no one ever looked through this hole. No right. one ever. I mean, they're just going to be like, this is stupid, right? So you're taking that chance too in a module when you look through it and you say, this isn't really going to work or that's not going to work. Yeah. Well, no, I think it's super interesting. And I mean, and like I said, I do. And it's funny, even when you're writing your own thing, I mean, without giving too much of a spoiler for just because anybody wants to play my game in GaryCon, the one that you played in, you know, I had written what would happen when that large thing was covering the other large thing. I wrote down <laughs> what happened when you moved it, but you didn't move it the way that I wrote it, right? So, like, if that was in a module, I think a lot of people would be like, I don't know what to do. But because I wrote it, I'm like, well, I understand what's going on. So it's easier for me to just adjust to it. And, and not to say it's impossible, obviously, because like I say, I run a lot of modules. But 
I think that when you're writing a module, I guess my advice would be to module writers, the way that I like to see them is a decent amount of flavor at kind of in the beginning of each section of the module, if you will, so you know what's going on flavor-wise. And then the rooms should be have enough detail to make them interesting, but not so much that I'm like dumped into this like, you know, wall of text that I have to read through to, to, to figure out what's going on. So something in the middle, I think, is better, in my opinion, anyways. So for me, running a module is more work, but I think it's also because I'm very experienced at creating scenarios and encounters and, you know, little, little uh, the classic five room or 10 room dungeon or whatever. Uh, for beginners, players or, or players that are intimidated by that, it still might be easier. But I think as you get experienced in D&D, you will find that modules can be Unless it just happens to fit your personality, the way you play, it can be a lot more work than just thinking something up. Yeah, I agree. I think that it's definitely uh, more work. I don't necessarily agree that modules are better for beginners. So I've actually had this debate with you before. Because oh, I think okay. if, if you actually you want to just start making stuff, I up. think so. I think if you're trying to learn a system, you should just make your own adventure. But that's maybe that's a whole other topic. And, and people can call topic. in and we'll let us know what they that. think yeah. because that is what I think. <laughs> and well, uh, I will say I mm-hmm. never ran a module, so we had to just I ran in a world. Yeah. Ran, you know, however many times. And then someone said, do you want to be a, the referee? And I said, uh, okay. And I had to make something up. So, yeah, so there I think you it's go. A, just a different way of doing it. And I'm not saying like, it's because we did it, but you know, that kind of thing. But I just think that yeah. if you are in a situation where you have to write your own adventure, you will actually write something that you are going to be good at running. If something comes up, that's unexpected, which it will. And that's, that will leave it there. Right. Well, I guess we'll have okay. another conversation. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to hear your voice on the show, give us a call. There's a link in the show notes. You can find us both on YouTube, KR at D&D Homebrew, and myself at Bandits Keep. Those are all linked in the show notes. And if you'd like to support the show, please give us a rating and a review on your favorite podcatcher. We'll see you next week.